Ashamai, Achoi Soiskos, Podlediad Consortium Knobach the Day. And a Podlediad Hun, but looking clowered, a troubled day fed do with Ara and Bob Math or Bethe Arisk. Hello and welcome to SCOS, the Central South Consortium podcast. In this podcast, we'll bring you the very latest discussions on all things education. And welcome to SCURS. Uh, this episode is hosted by the Literacy Team and today we'll be discussing comparative judgment. We're thrilled today to be joined by Lucy Thomas from Cavartha High School and Michelle Bennett from Cardiff High School who will be sharing their experiences and reflections. So in 2020, CSC funded 40 schools in the region to take part in a comparative judgment pilot for assessing primary writing and secondary baseline writing. Um, I'm wondering, Lucy, if you'd mind explaining what comparative judgment is and why it's so helpful for schools, for those schools who perhaps haven't heard of it before. Yes, of course. Comparative judgment aims to eliminate the human error of judgment when it comes to assessing work. So if you were to ask two different English teachers to assess a piece of work using mark criteria, there is quite a high likelihood that they might come to slightly different marks. However, if you have the same two teachers and you ask them to look at two pieces of writing and judge which one was best, there's a much greater percentage chance that they're going to come to an agreement as to which is the better piece of writing. And that's basically what comparative judgment does. It takes out this... um, discrepancy between marking. It relies on many of these very quick, easy judgments to be made Mm. at both school level and national level, which then produces quite accurate, reliable data in terms of pupil performance. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, the, the company that, that run it, No More Marking, um, sort of state that it's it's more reliable than sort of GCSE marking, don't they? Because it's, it's sort of moderation mm. crowdsourced on a huge, huge scale, isn't it? Um, Michelle, I was sort of wondering if you could talk us through how you administered it in school and what the experience was like for pupils. Yes, of course. So, we were very, very fortunate, obviously, to be part of this pilot and No More Marking actually created some pre-made resources for teachers yeah. and, and some stimulus for the pupils as well. So we literally used the resources as they were. We were very aware of sometimes when we when we, you know, get children to write, we sometimes scaffold to the nth degree. Mm, yeah. And I was very mindful that we wanted this to be a fair reflection of what the pupils are capable of. Mm. Um, So in terms of the administration, it was really, really simple. We had obviously the the stimulus materials and we literally just took one hour out of our allocation for English and we introduced the task and then we literally um, let the students complete it within that hour. So they all had the same amount of time um, and, and again, you know, the ready-made stimulus materials were used across all of the classes and it inevitably meant that, you know, we the children had lots of freedom, which was brilliant for their mm. creativity. You know, whether they conform to the task um, is debatable, <laughs> but, you know, these are these are young students and their writing was just so, so lovely to read afterwards anyway. And of course, they'd been out of school for a very long time when they did the the baseline back in November, hadn't they? So. Yes, they had. Yes, uh, it, it was. Yeah, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, it literally was, I think they did it with us in the first couple of weeks of September. So it was yeah. literally the, the the first experience of high school, bless them, to some extent, was having a go at this writing task. But then as a result, we did get it um, 
an early picture of their ability, which is obviously very useful for us as they were coming in post lockdown. Hugely. And, and did the children find it OK? I mean, I know in meetings um, that we've had about comparative judgment, we've reflected on perhaps there being some kind of transition effect, the move from primary to secondary and writing being being different. Um, did the pupils, how did they find the process? Lucy? Um, yeah, I think I think they were quite intimidated at times. Um, I think obviously it'd been a long time since they'd been in primary school. And certainly I think a number of them were not used to having cold writing tasks in the way that yeah. we perhaps do in secondary in terms of end of year tests etc even at key yeah. stage three and perhaps they're more used to a piece of writing being built up to sequentially over a number of lessons with lots of teacher input perhaps a writing scaffold which of course we do but I think they weren't perhaps used to that idea of a cold test and so um, it took a little bit of coaxing with a few of our people to say, just, just literally write whatever yeah. you think. You can do it. Just give us your opinions. Was it similar for you, Michalia? Yes, it, it was very much so. Um, the, the students were more than happy in terms of um, completing the extended writing for us, apart from, as, as Lucy said, maybe a few of them who needed a bit of cajoling. Uh -huh. um, but yes, it was almost this idea of, they had too much freedom. They needed mm. a lot of reassurance at the start mm. just to enable them to, to say, you know, for us to say, it's okay, you can write whatever you want, as Lucy said, um, because I think in English particularly, you know, we do build it up so much. Mm. And I don't know whether there was um, a possibility of the children worrying about getting it wrong, because yeah. this was for lots of them, as we said, it was, you know, they'd been a long time out of out of primary school this was their first real experience of English in in high schools you know within the yeah. first couple of weeks mm -hmm. so I think I think bless them they thought that something awful was going to happen had <laughs> they not chosen the right career or had they not used um you know an ad adverbial clause to start the their sentence you know but but no once they got going they were absolutely fine Oh, lovely. I mean, the process is two-pronged, isn't it? There's a pupil-level um, side to it, where obviously they are completing a written task, but then there's the, the side for us as, as teachers and practitioners as well. So um, for those of you who aren't aware, once the children have um, completed a writing task, they, they get scanned off and uploaded into um, into the No More Marking database, and then the, then the practitioners take part in a, in a judging process. Um, I just wonder what your experiences of that judging process like Michelle what, what did you find interesting about that? Well what was really interesting was being able to identify members of my department who didn't have the same views on certain pieces of work mm. so we were able to track um, you know how similar our, our views were on certain pieces um, you know it gave a numerical score I'm sorry I can't explain it in more sort of <laughs> technical detail but that's why we need um, Daisy to explain it to us not you know not an English specialist but it was brilliant because you could really see you know each each marker had a score each judge had a score and you could see um, basically if they if their score was higher than than the others in the department and we could see if people were harsh or if they were too generous perhaps mm -hmm. in the rankings and I think that's brilliant in terms of now when we're coming up to obviously CDGs and we're going to be doing lots of marking and lots of moderation. Um, you know, it, it's really reaffirmed for me the importance of moderation and doing mm. that sort of pre-marking um, experience. Yeah. Because for lots of us, you know, as Lucy, you said at the beginning, it, 
English is such a subjective subject mm. that lots of people look at look at a piece of written um, a, a written task in in such a different way. So for us, it's really sort of honed in on the importance of our QA, um, our quality assurance processes yeah. in school. That's really mm. interesting. Lucy, what about yourself? How did you um, find the judging process in Cavata? Uh, I have to say, I think the whole department really enjoyed it. Actually, <laughs> we actually. We had about um, 10 members of staff involved in the judging process. And obviously, it seems daunting when you when you see how many judgments you have to make. And it's something like, I think we had about 180 judgments each we had to make. And you think, oh, that sounds, you know, very daunting. But actually, the judgments, I think the highest average was 30 seconds in a department for each judgment. And it went down to about 12 seconds the judgments were being made. So actually, I think... At the, in the end, it was a lot quicker to assess and to mark mm. than it would be if we were actually trying to apply level criteria, for instance, and and make that judgment of, you know, 5A, 5B, 5C. It, it was quite quick and easy. And we did have two non-specialists involved in the judging process, and they felt very confident in doing it as well. So I think, you know, if you, you are a department where you have non-specialists involved, it, mm. it does make it... Um, more accessible for them then and, and create that confidence in the assessment. That's great. Rochelle, I can see you want to make a point. Yes, just very, very similar things to Lucy there. And for us, our department, we found it hard at first because we are so used to pouring over a piece of work, you know, um, and this idea of working really quickly and giving a more holistic, you know, snap judgment mm. was really hard for some of my department. And yeah. for some of them, they, you know, they were sort of questioning, well, but, you know, am I am I doing the right thing? You know, just giving the snap judgment. But actually, when they sort of saw the process as it enveloped, you know, or developed yeah. even, um, you know, they they did they did enjoy it. Um, I think, as as Lucy said, that the daunting process of doing this for the whole year group at first, they were like, oh, I'd rather have thirty four, you know, extended <laughs> essays. But then actually, the time it took to mm. compare all the year group compared to one class. Yeah. you know it was so much quicker that's, that's brilliant so moving on to then the, the results um which which were which were interesting i suppose we'll say mm. that they were interesting um so for those of you who aren't aware um the the pupils come out of this with um a, a writing age which is great because we've had reading ages for a long time but we haven't had writing ages and also the the data that you get as a school and then as a as a region is how you compare to other schools and how you compare nationally um so just want to ask you both you know did the results shock you at all Michelle's nodding her head. Michelle's I am sorry. I thought this is a podcast and That's not so uh, <laughs> people can't see me. Um, yes, the results were quite startling. Um, we expected that the children's writing ages to be lower because of the, the sort of coronavirus situation. Of course, we expected that time in, away from school to have an impact. I just couldn't really believe how vast um the gap is between you know some students um writing ages and their chronological age you know as you said we've we've had data about their reading ages for many many years and you know when when we compare now our current year sevens reading ages compared to their writing ages mm. you know some of them are you know much weaker in the writing area and that is quite 
quite we shocking. We wouldn't have had that information before, would we? No. I, I no. suppose it's, it's worth bringing context that um, nationally there had been a regression in writing by 22 months. That's what the um, project found. And in Wales, um, that regression was even steeper. So it was quite a sharp decline um, in writing standards. Uh, Lucy, what about you? How did you find the results? Uh, I think they were shocking in a way. I think we had been anticipating that writing ages would be lower than perhaps our reading ages. Mm. I think for a number of years, we felt as a department that there'd been a decline in perhaps writing, especially since perhaps the introduction of national reading tests, etc. And it's always been yeah. a heavy focus nationally on reading in a way that writing wasn't um, assessed and tracked in the same way um, nationally, because we don't have a national writing no. test. Um, but I, I think when we saw, you know, we had a large, a large proportion of pupils who whose writing ages were below their chronological ages. And it really did um, suggest to us, you know, how much we needed to address writing and really make that a focus. In particular, I think what, what, what we noticed was the errors with sentence structure, mm. um, run on sentences, comma splice. And I, I think, Michelle, going back to what you said, I think perhaps because of those nerves some of the pupils had about worried about doing it right or doing it wrong. They they were just so focused on different elements that they just literally, it just came as an outpouring from them <laughs> because yeah. they they had this freedom and creativity and it, and it was almost like, like a monologue <laughs> in some senses <laughs> that some people thought it was, it was just coming forth from them. And I think, you know, that, that control really of the writing is one of the things that we really felt that, um, came out of it that we need to focus on as department yeah. and I think regionally that was very clear to us regionally when you looked at samples from from across um you know all of the schools that participated that's that's a similar message mm. we were picking up I think perhaps it's also interesting to um to share with you that you know we had very different schools taking part in the pilot and yet the statistical range of the writing was very narrow meaning that there was no difference really you know depending on what school they they were going to in in terms of the standards of writing which were quite interesting which is quite interesting so obviously i i know we did this back in november and we all had you know we met and we talked about what we were going to do as a result and then of course we went into lockdown um, again so i'd love to ask what have you done with the information so far but it might be a, what we Will you do with the, the information mm. so far? So I don't know if Michelle, I can come to you first. Well, it is very much a case of what are we planning to do, Catherine, at the moment. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we we really want to focus on, like Lucy said, is about um, crafting. You know, the, the the art of crafting a sentence. Mm. So we're really keen to look into mastery of grammar. Yeah. Um, as a school, our maths department. Um, employer mastery approach um, with year seven and it's something that we are looking to sort of um, get some experience of from them and I think it's really important that you know we do spend that time and master um, you know even just what is a sentence because mm -hmm. as we all know when we come to year 11 some of those children still do not know how to write a full sentence mm -hmm. you know um, and I think this has perhaps brought home this need of spending real time and energy um, just making sure that they fully understand how to write. Um, you know, I know all of us, you know, have some fantastic schemes of work, you know, across the consortium, um, you know, because we, we, we're very open, we share a lot. Yeah. And and sometimes we are so, we are so keen to share some fabulous literature, 
with the students, you know, mm. get them reading different complex um, texts that I think sometimes we almost skim over the writing bit, really. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think, and, and don't get me wrong, I am a little bit daunted by the sort of spending, you know, a long, long time on how to write a sentence, you know, but... But yeah, I am actually very excited about that process. And one of the things that we've looked at already is, you know, looking what's already out there. So, you know, I know lots of people who are going to listen to this today now are followers of Lindsay Skinner yeah. um, and her sort of crafting brilliant sentences, you know, a whole sort of um, pack and booklet that you can buy. Um, so we're looking at that and, and we're looking, as I said, at how, how maths departments and, and other sort of schools have developed their mastery programme. And yeah, so it's going to be a time of, of change, mm. I think. Yeah. But, but why not? You know, curriculum for Wales is coming and this is a brilliant time to sort of have a, have a rethink. A rethink but what we, yeah. yeah, but what we want to do and what's going to have a real impact on these kids, you know, we, we, can't, we can't catch them up because of course you know the time is gone but what can yeah. we do to make sure that every English lesson is as effective as it can be you know when it they're sounds, in front of us. It sounds like you're sort of saying you, you're thinking of slowing the writing process down and you know I, th I don't know if you've listened to the previous podcast where we've talked about you know often we're guilty of setting writing tasks rather than teaching writing mm -hmm. and it's it's flipping that switch again then it sounds like you're sort of saying then Michelle what about you Lucy? Uh, we we did use it in a way that we haven't had because we haven't had this data before. So we've always used the national reading test, for instance, to guide us on pupils who may require additional intervention mm. um, for literacy. But we did actually use it to create specific intervention groups on writing um, this time for those pupils who were falling, you know, with writing ages below seven years of age. We feel yeah. felt very passionately that they needed, obviously, intervention for that as quickly as possible mm. um and actually on the back of it we were so impressed with um how easy it was to conduct the administrative side and, and the valuable data that we got we, we were actually lucky in applying and being successful to be on the um, improving writing pilot project which no more marking is running mm. so we're hoping to have a look at that and roll that out after easter now obviously with lockdown we felt as if it wouldn't get <laughs> the best uh, uptake no. um but but similar to what michelle was saying really looking at i mean in the long term i think we're looking at things like the writing revolution and starting yeah. like you say that that's this slow crafting of writing um and, and also the explicit teaching of perhaps separate linguistic lessons so okay. it's interesting that we're, i think we went through a phase where we were told very much that we should be always integrated as part of a normal lesson. They shouldn't be discrete lessons. But I think more and more now we feel as if it needs both. There should be discrete lessons where we're looking at um, syntax or subjects and predicates or whatever other linguistic feature we want to look at. And that then this is developed and built upon in the literary lessons where we reflect on, as you were saying, Michelle, a, you know, a good piece of literature and saying, oh, look at how they've used you know yeah. that clause within that sentence and the effect of that and and so that you say the crafting the explicit lessons but then supported throughout the whole curriculum to really try to encourage that crafting in their own writing mm, definitely I, I mean you're talking now about the impact that it's had particularly on your schools what about broader than that um you know say for example across clusters have you shared your experiences at all with your feeder primaries or are you looking at any sort of cluster developments as a, a result of the pilot michelle well we've 
we've not yet, unfortunately, um, been able to obviously um, arrange a time where we can sit down and really unpick it properly. Mm. Um, but we are we are intending to share it with our clusters, and we're hoping to sort of strengthen our links really and really think about with obviously the introduction of curriculum for Wales, you know, the, the learning sort of steps and things and, and hoping to sort of get a com continuum from year six into year seven more um, aligned, really, because as you said, you know, there is always this sort of dip, isn't there, um, yeah. historically. So I think definitely we are going to share what we've what we've discovered, um, not as, a, as any sort of punitive thing and say, oh, look, this is what, you know, what we found when they, they were with us for two weeks, um, but more as a, you know how how can we work together to ensure that we are teaching them how to craft um, writing in a in a coherent way? So yes, so, so we plan to do it. We haven't done much yet, unfortunately. What about you, Lucy? Have you, have you done any sharing? Yes, we have. Um, I believe that it was taken to head teachers conference within our cluster, and so the data has been shared with the head teachers because obviously. You know, you know, I've, I've worked closely with many of um, my primary colleagues over the years. They're excellent practitioners in literacy. Um, and obviously they all care, as we all do, about where these pupils are travelling to. Is the journey, isn't it? Not, yeah. not the end destinations. And so they want them to see them succeed. They love to hear how they've got on at GCSE, etc. And they obviously want to feed into that picture. So I think... You know, sharing this data is very important, but also working together. And as you've said already, Michelle, the perfect opportunity now with the new curriculum developments to really work with our primaries to have um, a robust plan for the teaching of writing. That's that's um, the same approach across primary schools and then into the same with the secondary schools and a chance to really unpick what we need to address as a cluster um, so that we can ensure that these pupils are making the progression that we ultimately all want them to make. Mm. You've segued perfectly there into my last question, which is actually <laughs> about curriculum for Wales. So, <laughs> you know, thinking ahead, we're in the engagement phase at the moment of curriculum mm -hmm. for Wales and, and, you know, the vision setting and the development. So we're not really thinking about the what, we're thinking about the why and the how. Um, mm. So do you think comparative judgment or how do you think, you know, a comparative judgment could support you in developing your curriculum for LLC? Lucy? I think it's massive, really. Um, obviously, it's it's about literacy across different languages. So, you know, looking at linguistics into and sentence structure in terms of French, in terms of Welsh and English and, and looking at, as is explicitly telling us to these these grammatical structures of sentences. But also, I mean, it actually says in the in the um, new curriculum document that how are you going to ensure when you're looking at the planning phase that all learners um, are able to continue to progress despite different starting points. And I think that's mm -hmm. where this data feeds in. We've got what their starting points are so that we can use that to ensure that they are getting what they need in order to progress you know, throughout their school journey. Yeah. Um, and that track, I mean, we, we signed up again to redo it in May. So hopefully yep. we'll see. Us too. Yep. Fabulous. <laughs> the the, the progress, progress that the pupils have made. Yeah. And, then, and then also to reflect as ourselves then, you know, if they haven't made the progress we have. I mean, I know we've had another lockdown, but what can we do to try to ensure that then that we get them to where we want them to be? We have. And, I, and you know, I, I don't think we can underestimate as well the impact that blended learning specifically has had on writing because so much of it has been done through a screen. Absolutely. Certainly, you know, not a huge amount of writing uh, experiences have, have happened. Michelle, what about yourself? 
Um, very similar um, to what Lucy said, really. You know, it's about it's, it's about getting together with, you know, the the whole sort of faculty of, you know, yeah. um, LLC and, and really working together, you know, because my colleagues, and I'm sure Lucy will say the same, you know, they... The expertise with linguistics and syntax and everything is absolutely wonderful. I, I just think, again, we've got this situation where pupils go from lesson to lesson and they don't employ the same skills or they don't employ the mm. same um, strategies yeah. that are now a knowledge, yeah, Kat, that they that they bring to them or bring with them, sorry, to French and German and Welsh, and that you know they they come mm. into English almost as if it's a foreign language, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, it's certainly something that we can explore, and I'm I'm just really really keen to just learn from you know how how as as Lucy said about how her cluster do it and and how other departments do it. But we have also spoken about stepping outside of our our sort of LLC um, area and also thinking about bringing on board more of our humanities colleagues mm. because so many of their extended writing tasks, even if it is sort of um, you know, even just key stage three, um, they have creative writing tasks like write a newspaper, uh, front page mm -hmm. of a newspaper for history or or write an article for a newspaper about something they've learned in geography. And I think, again, if we can perhaps bring in some of the strategies and, and some of our expertise to them, um, you know, again, that can only help, can't it? It can only help bolster the, the kids in, with, their, with their learning journey. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So that, that brings us to the end of our episode for today. Um, a huge thank you to Lucy and Michelle, who I'm sure must be absolutely frazzled with all the planning for <laughs> Centre Determined Grades at English departments are going through at the moment. So um, a, a huge, huge thank you um, to them. If you'd like to find out more about comparative judgment, then obviously please feel free to contact me and you can follow us on Twitter at CSC underscore literacy. Thank you. Thank you. Dil Camrando ar y bennod hon o sgwrs. Cofiwch ein dilyn ar Twitter a Facebook, tan ysgrifio ein sianel YouTube, a minno yn cymunedau ar ein gwefan a darllen ein bulletin ysgolion athnosol am y newyddion diweddaraf. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sgwrs. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, join our online communities via our website and read our weekly school bulletin for the latest news. Hwyl y mytro. Bye for now.